everyone and welcome back to Astrology Now podcast. My name is Christine Rodriguez and in this segment we are going to discuss the horoscope for May, looking at the major transits, discussing how it could impact the world at large and how it could impact us on a personal level. Before we get started, I do want to remind you all that I study the Vedic sidereal system of astrology. If you would like to learn more about the difference between Western and Vedic astrology, you can go to my website, innerknowing.yoga, click on media and then astrology. Now I have a podcast embedded there as well as playlist for you to listen to so that you can learn more about sidereal astrology. If you would like to calculate your Vedic sidereal birth chart, go to my website, go to offerings and then chart to calculate your birth chart and see where the planets were placed astronomically at the moment of your birth. Because of course, in Vedic sidereal astrology, we are using the literal placement of the planets at any given moment in time. And this is different than Western astrology. So if you're coming from a Western tropical background, this information that I give you today is not going to sound correct. So again, if that's you, if you're coming from a Western tropical background, but you still want to listen to this podcast, please do take time to look at the difference between Western and Vedic astrology, just so that you can get the most out of this podcast. So looking at the month of May and the transits in May. So first of all, I do just want to highlight the podcast that I posted two weeks ago talking about the eclipse on April 30th. We discussed how that eclipse could bring to light issues surrounding reproductive rights or women's rights. And I also want to say that the eclipse energy lasts about a week and then the impact of the eclipse lasts about six months. And so I'm not saying that all of this is going to be cleared up in six months necessarily, but what I'm saying is that we can use this eclipse for predictions for the next six months and the degree points of the eclipse. But anyway, as you remember two weeks ago, we were talking about how this eclipse would likely bring up reproductive issues. And of course, around the eclipse, either on the eclipse or even just a few days after, we started seeing these issues come to light. And I think that what was so interesting about that eclipse is that this brought a leak. It wasn't something that was purposefully shared. This was something that was kind of shared in secret. Someone shared it without the knowledge of other people. Um, again, that's the definition of a leak. When there's leaked information, it's information that people wanted to conceal. Somebody got their hands on it and shared it with the public. And this is very Jupiter and Neptune. <laughs> it's bringing information to light. It is bringing the reality to light, helping us to remove delusion and deception and of course, just looking at the basic meaning of an eclipse, the eclipse usually, it will fragment things on the day of, and then usually the energy surrounding it helps bring things to light and uncovers things. So I thought that this eclipse was very, very fascinating. You all know I'm very interested in women's rights, reproductive rights, the history, and how astrology has impacted it through time. I did create an entire segment talking about women's related issues in astrology, and I did mention that the sign of Aries and Libra, particularly the nakshatra of Barney, has this association to women and women's related issues. So this is definitely something that will continue to track for the span of time. We know that Rahu will enter Barney soon enough, and that, of course, will spur up 
other issues. So I did just want to put a finger on that and kind of help point it out, especially for those of you who may not have listened to the previous podcast, just so that you can get a better understanding of how Neptune and Jupiter work, how the eclipses work. I also want to point out Venus and Jupiter have been in this planetary war right? And I was mentioning on the Jupiter and Aquarius podcast that Jupiter is going to be something called Papa Katari for many months. This means that Jupiter is hemmed between two malefic planets. During this time period, Venus is also Papa Katari. Venus has also been hemmed in between malefics. And in May, Venus is going to enter Aries where it continues to be relatively disturbed and afflicted. And Venus represents women, femininity, the yin quality. Of course, it also represents things like art, luxury, the finer things in life. It has to do with diplomacy, being social, finding connection. Venus can represent all of these things. I want to say as I'm recording this, I'm having like massive deja vu. Oh my gosh, so interesting. The final thing I'll say about this is that Barney, the nakshatra, is also ruled by Venus. So anything that Venus is doing is going to give us insight into the overall result. Venus has been in this Papakatari energy. It's going to continue to um, have a little bit of heat, which we'll get into later in this podcast, into the month of May and into um, the month of June. So women, women's related issues, reproductive issues. I should say Venus, of course, is also reproduction to some extent. Um, These things are coming up. They are prevalent. It's being put under pressure. And the final thing I want to say in regards to Venus is that this time where Venus is under this pressure, again, Papa Katari, it's it's going to be Gandanta. It's moving from a water sign to a fire sign. Then it's going to be in Aries with Uranus and Rahu. Venus is under pressure, okay? And we've had these issues in the public Um, In regards to Will Smith and Jada Smith, in regards to Amber Heard and Johnny Depp, there are so many cases coming up that are calling into question femininity, uh, the toxic feminine. It's bringing into issues around domestic violence and the perpetrators of domestic violence and the role that women play in these situations. Of course, I'm... I'm not saying I'm siding with anyone on this. I have no idea what's going on. I'm still formulating my own opinion on everything. There's so much information out there. But it is something that is highlighted. It's it's something that's in the news. It's something that people are talking about. And we can see it in the astrology. So this, this prevalence around women, reproduction, issues around the feminine energy, it's all really prominent in this moment. So looking at May, thank you for bearing with me while I (laughs) talk about Venus and and all these matters that I'm so interested in. Um, So beginning with May, when we move into May, Venus is still exalted. Of course, Saturn has moved into Aquarius. And we ended April with this massive eclipse in Barani Nakshatra that really shook things up for a lot of people. And we will always notice around the eclipses or during eclipse season, so to speak, that people get 
a little more unnerved. People tend to be more emotional. There may be more outbursts. There may be more issues. And even for me, I witnessed a car accident. There was someone in my complex who got really upset and ended up calling the police. Like there was, there was all of this drama. And so eclipses can spur drama and it can certainly spur intense events. So if you've had intense events happening in your life, you are certainly not alone. And when we have one eclipse, we always have a second. And so at the very end of April, we had our solar eclipse. And this month on May 15th, 16th, 16th it's late in the day on May 15th we will have a total lunar eclipse. And this eclipse will actually take place in Taurus and Scorpio. And we'll talk more about it here in a moment. But I just want you to have that on your radar that we're kicking off May with eclipse season. And eclipse season, again, it can bring about drama, it can bring about extreme events, but it also brings about faded events. People that we're meeting, events that we're experiencing, symbols that we're seeing, conversations we're having, books that we're reading, things that we're coming into contact with that truly change and shift our perception and our life can happen in these time frames, they can be very, very powerful portals of time. And so I want you all to have that on your radar. I think it's really interesting that we're beginning May with this kind of intensity. And I wouldn't even label it as bad intensity. It's almost a time of rebirth in a way and regrowth and figuring out again, what is worth spending our time on. Also, looking at what patterns we've been caught up in, what patterns are working for us, what patterns are not working for us, and really finding clarity in that. Of course, I always recommend not making really big changes around the eclipse dates themselves. They can certainly uh, muddle our judgment. So please do be careful about making decisions around these time periods. So on May 10th, Mercury is going to go retrograde. So from May 10th, 2022 until June 3rd, 2022, Mercury is going to be in retrograde in the sign of Taurus, in the sidereal sign of Taurus. And it's good to know that when Mercury retrogrades in general, the Elements of life that Mercury govern tend to get a little bit warped and tend to get a little bit more tricky. So let's review what Mercury governs. Mercury is communication, it's technology, computers, it has to do again with our words, with how we communicate to others, but also how we write. So text messages, emails, if we are a writer, if writing is a big part of our job, or if you're in school, be super mindful. We are all prone to making errors at this time. And we are also prone to being misunderstood or being misinterpreted. So it's a time to proof our work to be very mindful. And it's also a time to be extra compassionate with people really take time to explain things, to investigate misunderstandings and help mend them and, and smooth them out. Now, this can also be a time of influencing technology, computers, vehicles, printers, you guys know how I feel about printers, they always seem to collapse on me around mercury retrograde. Um, any anything around the kitchen, like appliances, anything that 
is again a technical advancement they tend to fall apart <laughs> to glitch to uh, give us some issues and so first of all if you have work that you need to get done get it done ahead of time send your emails well in advance after proofing them if you have anything to print out print it out well in advance because if the printer stops working that gives you a chance to go find a different printer um, if something happens in the kitchen, like with an appliance, if something happens with your vehicle or some other electronic, don't get it fixed during retrograde. Wait until Mercury goes direct. If we get things fixed during retrograde, we often have to go back and repair them again. The final thing I'll say is we want to be very careful with documents that we sign during Mercury retrograde. This is a, a really big point uh, that I want you to be mindful of. Signing contracts in Mercury retrograde is really not advised. So that's Mercury retrograde in general. Again, May 10th to May, uh, June 3rd, excuse me, May 10th to June 3rd. And we want to take a look at Taurus. So Taurus is a sign of comfort and stability. It's also a sign governed by Venus. So it has a lot to do with luxury. And so on a personal level, this can definitely be a time of reevaluating finances navigating assets, navigating wealth. You may be thinking more about your wealth, more about your money, more about budgeting. It is a very good time to look at these things. It could also be a time of reconsidering your income source, how you make money. Um, not a good time to make the big changes, but it's a really good time for the per personal introspection. I also want to say that I do see this retrograde being particularly intense just because of the nakshatras that Mercury will be retrograding in and the eclipses. So I do think that this is going to be a little bit more of an intense retrograde. So watch out for technical errors, watch out for issues with uh, communication like on YouTube or social media or whatever. There may be troubleshoots and I don't know if troubleshoots is the right word. There may be issues that come up. Um, and there may be issues traveling as well. This is another thing that Mercury retrograde can um, impact is if we're trying to travel there can be delays there can be issues there can be confusion so again double check everything try to prevent any potential issues so another thing on a personal level is that because Taurus is so Venusian and so creative it's a wonderful time to review creative projects so if you are a creative person if you paint if you write if you draw or if you're you know doing other sorts of creative ventures that aren't even necessarily art because there are many ways to be creative this is is a really powerful time to go back and review projects that you have worked on or even ideas. If you've had an idea for a creative work and you've kind of lost sight of it, but it's still in the back of your mind, it's still something that you want to manifest, this is a good time to review it and really ask yourself if this is something that you want to proceed with. So this is, again, a really powerful time. It's also always a good time to purge the closet to get rid of things to throw away old receipts to make sure everything is reconciled and organized and um, really just kind of taking care of these ins and outs around the house but again it's a really good time to get rid of old stuff and to kind of clear the air so that is mercury retrograde and you will feel mercury retrograde about a week before and a week after i already started feeling mercury retrograde i've already started having technical errors so watch out <laughs> have it on your radar so from May 1st until May 14th, we are ending our sun in Aries period. And this is a really prominent point in time, particularly May 5th until May 13th. The sun is 
right between Uranus and Rahu. And the sun represents leadership, power, it represents CEOs, our bosses, certainly has a connection to government forces because it is, of course, leadership. It's also soul and spirituality. So on a global level, this can certainly show uh, tension and pressure with leadership. Uranus and Rahu both have very similar energies. They can be very intense. They can be kind of over the top. They can be erratic and unpredictable they can also like particularly Ra who kind of puts an illusion on things and so while the sun is moving here we can see uh, sudden changes in leadership leaders making sudden decisions or making sudden moves it could also be that there is a cloud of mystery and maybe even a little bit of deception from world leaders and people in power I do want to say because Uranus can be sudden downloads of information, Rahu does represent learning and education to an extent. It's also very revolutionary. And the sun, it represents the soul. You know, it's the original Atmakarka. We can certainly see more rebellion. We can see people wanting to take charge of their lives. We can see sudden events with people implementing their personal powers. And again, on a spiritual level, this can be a time of deep intuition. You may get those sudden hits. You may get those sudden downloads that Uranus offers. So if you get a hit and it's time to meditate, make time to meditate. If you get a hit and it's time to write down your ideas, definitely do it. Um, And when I say get a hit, I mean like an intuitive hit, an intuitive download, a download of knowledge or information. And it is a very powerful time for spiritual practices, very, very much. So if you're not meditating, start meditating. If you want to do pranayama, go ahead. If you want to start kundalini, now's the time to get into a spiritual practice. Super, super auspicious time. Then from May 14th until June 15th, the sun is going to be in Taurus. So if you were born between May 14th and June 15th, happy birthday month. You are a sidereal sun in Taurus, which in my opinion is one of the most beautiful places you can have the sun. And thank you so much for offering your stability and your security and your generosity and your beautiful creative offerings with the world. I think that those are some of the most wonderful qualities of Taurus. Taurus is, it's like a site for sore eyes from the soul perspective. I think that Cancerian people are always kind of biased towards Taurus because they're so grounded and so earthy and so practical. And so thank you so much for just making life easier for your Cancerian friends and I'm sure many more friends as well. So happy birthday, Sun in Taurus. So With the sun in Taurus, as I was mentioning, the sun is the leadership. It has to do with soul. It has to do with with powers that be. And Taurus is a much different energy than Aries. First of all, the sun is moving away from Uranus. It's moving away from Rahu. So there is going to be more of a stability, more of a structure that comes into place. But, you know, when when planets are in earth signs, they can also tend to have this traditional edge. And so we may find that there is this orientation towards like really old school traditional views. We may even see, um, 
you know, kind of kind of a focus on the old way of doing things, which may be a little bit irritating. Taurus is a fixed sign, so it can also be quite stubborn as well. So there could be some stubborn elements going on in leadership and in government affairs. And Taurus also has so much to do with finances. When the sun enters Taurus, it will also be with that retrograding Mercury until June 3rd. So again, there can be those miscommunications with leaders, there can be misinterpretation, there may be skewed information, there may be back and forth on what we are hearing from powers that be. I also want to say, there could certainly be a fixation on wealth, on money, on the economy, and and focusing on wealth and finances and where it's coming from there may even be something around wealth distribution and people calling that into question now that saturn is an aquarius it could be something that folks are talking about um so that would be from more of a global perspective from an individual perspective again be careful be careful with the money finances income now's the time to really be mindful with budgeting really being mindful with uh, how you have things in place but Taurus is the sign that represents beauty and luxury, and it also represents, as I was mentioning, stability and structure. And so it could be a time of redecorating. It could be a time of bringing something beautiful into your home. It could be a time of looking at your diet and what you're eating. Are you allowing yourself to indulge in things that really make you feel good? You know, I think that sometimes when it comes to food and nutrition, it's either like super junk food or it's like super, super healthy food. But all of us are different first of all all of our bodies operate differently and react differently to different foods and i do think it's possible to find foods that feel just absolutely decadent while also leaving us feeling really good and feeling really steady and stable in ayurveda it's ojas ojas is like this healthy vitality that keeps us resilient and i think that you can have that ojas while still also really appreciating food and really and really indulging so maybe this is the time of reviewing your diet and trying to lean more into the foods that leave you feeling really good and really satisfied and offer you that little bit of decadence Um, but again ultimately just leave you feeling stable and with that healthy ojas for me I like I'm obsessed with dates and I really try not to eat sugar for me and my constitution sugar is just really not good for me it leaves me feeling really inflamed it's just it's not good um but dates have a lot of natural sugar and every single time I eat them I just feel really good so that's my snack where it's like very decadent it's very indulgent but it also leaves me feeling really good so with the sun and retrograding mercury and Taurus it could be a time of reviewing the diet and also again adding beauty or luxury into the home and if there's something around your home or in your vehicle that doesn't spark joy so to speak from Marie Kondo I think that's how you pronounce her name this beautiful woman um but yeah so look in your vehicle look in your home if there's something that doesn't spark that joy maybe it's a time to get rid of it and bring in something simple and beautiful that really does you know I love that feeling of finding a piece that's just so simple and so beautiful and sparks that inspiration I I can think of a few items in my home that are just so cherished in that way so from May 16th to June 26th Mars is going to be in Pisces and so this is the interesting thing so from May 1st until May 16th Mars is in Aquarius with Saturn and so this is really bringing a powerful energy to social justice 
to the rights of people, the liberty of people. It's brought an intensity here, which I think that we're really seeing, you know, and there's also this emphasis on health, emphasis on healing. Now Mars is going to enter Pisces, where it's going to be with Jupiter and Neptune. Of course, Venus will also be here until later in the month, until May 23rd. So for I guess from May 16th until May 23rd, we're going to have this stellium in the sign of Pisces. And this is really significant, you know, because Mars is this planet of war and power and assertiveness and courage. It represents the sharp objects like knives or even weapons of war. Mars is the warrior. That's what it does. And it also gives us the spiritual warrior edge as well. It gives us the tapas right? And tapas is that heat that we create to burn impurities. But it's also our discipline that helps us move through really powerful entanglements or really powerful patterns. So Mars helps us evolve spiritually. And Mars is notorious for liking fire signs for liking the signs of Aries and Scorpio, the amazing sign of Capricorn. This is where Mars feels more capable of doing its job. When Mars moves into Pisces, Pisces is watery, it's ethereal, it's spiritual. Of course, Mars will also be here with Neptune as well. I do believe that for a portion of this transit, it can certainly bring lack of orientation when it comes to conflict, arguments, and fighting. I think that this can certainly bring about um, more of a mystery and more confusion, particularly when it comes to global events and when it comes to global conflict. So for a portion of this, particularly in the early degrees of Mars, when Mars is really near Neptune, I do want us to have that on the radar. Again, Mars will be here from May 16th until June 26th. So I think that at the beginning of the transit, we can see this, it will likely get easier as time goes on. But watch out for that. There may be that lack of confusion, lack of orientation, and also just lack of understanding on how to approach something, how to tackle something. So on the big, big scale, there may be confusion, there may be mystery, there may even be delusion. On the smaller scale, there may be matters um, that people are confused on how to tackle or confused on how to confront or approach. The benefit is that for a lot of this transit, Mars and Jupiter are going to be conjoined. And this is wonderful. I love seeing Mars and Jupiter together because Mars and Jupiter creates this desire to share. It creates this desire to share a message. If you've ever had a reading with me and you have Mars and Jupiter conjoined, this is always the conjunction that makes me feel like someone has this grand purpose, this grand message, this thing that they have to share with the world. It's like a mission. It's like a dharma. It's a duty to them. And so when Jupiter and Mars conjoin, this is going to put an emphasis on truth. This is going to put an emphasis on spirituality, philosophy. It is going to put an emphasis on justice and moral. So this is going to be very powerful. And Pisces is the sign that, again, has a great deal to do with spirituality and religion and philosophy which I think we do need to watch out for. I think some of you will like this. Some of you won't like this. People may be associating truth 
and associating their perception of right and wrong with their moral principles and with their religion, which can get tricky because when we identify truth with religion, we can't really do that, right? Because all of us have different religions. All of us have different beliefs. There is this beautiful quote from the Vedas that I always talk about. It's the truth is one but goes by many names. That's from the Rig Veda. So what I mean by that is we have all of these different religions, but there's beautiful truth in all of it. And it's all rivers leading us to the same ocean of truth and vastness. But when we really identify the truth with our specific religious belief system, things can become difficult and they can, you know, bring about some issues. And so I am wondering if we will see more of that, if we will see, um, Again, people trying to tie objective truth with personal religious philosophy or religious beliefs. So watch out for that on a global scale. And we also really want to watch out for that in our personal lives as well. Um, Religion is such a beautiful thing and spirituality is such a beautiful thing. And we all come from different backgrounds and different things mean different things to us. And I think that it's such a beautiful opportunity to sit in our own spirituality and really think about how it makes us feel and how it shapes our perception of the world and allow that beauty to inspire us to want to understand how others perceive, you know, because as I'm sitting here tapping into my own religious spiritual compass and what it does for me in my life. There can be someone sitting next to me who has the same beautiful inspired experience with a completely different belief system. So it's a wonderful opportunity to open the heart and and to want to learn and to be curious and to want to understand. And, you know, I also think that this will bring up the issues around church and state and how religion influences laws and regulation. I think that this is definitely something that could come up when we are looking at this transit. It's something that's going to get called into question. And so Mars and Pisces, again, on a personal level, it can definitely bring about more of that spiritual warrior energy that I was talking about. We may feel a little bit more lackluster. We may be more prone to injuries, particularly around the feet or the ankles. Um, We may be more prone to rashes. (laughs) So please do watch out for that. I currently have like horrible poison ivy, which is my own chart, my own stuff, but I don't want you guys to get rashes. So be careful. And again, it can definitely kind of bring about a little bit less energy, but there will be amplified energy when it comes to beliefs, philosophy, spirituality, when it comes to personal practice, when it comes to understanding the truth, seeking moksha, uh, seeking liberation, it will bring about a very ethical, pious spiritual reasoning to our conflicts to our arguments so it's a wonderful time as I was mentioning earlier to kind of back up and allow our spiritual lenses to guide our reasoning and really try to open the heart to what other people are experiencing so really really beautiful time Um, again to wrap up Mars and Pisces I do think that there will be people speaking out there are going to be people feeling that they are on a mission that they have this dharma that they have this duty to stand up for what they believe in and it could even be a time in your own life where you really stand by what you believe in you know and really take that space to share your thoughts to share your opinion and to stand by that 
Because, and I mentioned this on Instagram recently, if we have an opinion on literally anything, someone's going to get offended. Because as soon as you draw a line in the sand, there are going to be people on the other side. So as soon as we take a stance, as soon as we have opinion, we automatically kind of alienate ourselves. And so we have a choice. We can either move through life without an opinion and never really stand in the integrity of what we believe in. And, you know, get along with people who may or may not know who we really are. Or we can stand by ourselves in that integrity. We can formulate our opinions. We can formulate our thoughts and we can share them. And by doing that, we will make a few people mad. But when we stand in our truth, when we stand in our truth, when we're authentic with ourselves, that's when people around us can authentically find us. That's when people can see us for who we really are and gravitate towards us. So if we want to call in the people and the community and the associates that really resonate and really support us and are on a similar mission, we have to put our flag up. We have to let them know that we're there. Because if we don't do that, we're just kind of the chameleon in the crowd and no one ever really knows who we are or what we represent. Now is the time where this is going to become prevalent within our personal lives. And I think that it will become prevalent in the world around us as well. As I've been mentioning with Saturn in Aquarius, Saturn will be in Aquarius until July. This is the time where people are really going to be standing up for what they want and what they believe in. As I've been mentioning, I think that there will be continued kind of like uh, unrest, disdain. I think that people are kind of getting getting tired of how things have been going, how things have been ran. We're getting tired of certain structures and certain ways of doing things. So you know, the people are going to be wanting to reclaim power. And I think that people are going to make it known. I think that people are really going to be standing up for things in that way, focusing on humanity, focusing on healing. Again, Saturn will retrograde back into Capricorn in July, which I think will bring about some really interesting things. And then when Saturn moves into Aquarius in 2023, we can certainly expect to see these things grow and expand and really begin to take shape. So from May 23rd until June 17th, Venus is going to be in Aries. And remember that towards the beginning of that transit, even like May 21st, uh, May 24th, just about, I'm not looking at the degrees, but it's going to be around that time. Venus is going to be Gandanta. And that means that Venus is in the final degrees of a water sign, early degrees of a fire sign. And Gandanta has this association to drowning or feeling out of control. As I was mentioning, Venus is women, femininity, uh, reproductive issues. It also has to do with diplomacy and being social, you know, getting along with others socially. So we can definitely anticipate a little spiciness around that time in regards to the areas I just mentioned. When Venus is in Aries, it is going to be with Uranus. It's going to be with Rahu. So this is significant. Um, I think that there can definitely be sudden events. I should also say, I mean, Venus is also aspected by Saturn at this time. So Venus is struggling. Venus is going to struggle while it's in the sign of Aries. And so I do think that there can be some of these women's related issues, reproductive issues, issues surrounding femininity, even the other things I was talking about, uh, the focus on toxic femininity, or this focus on gender bias and things of that nature. I think that this will be 
prevalent. I think it will definitely be something that people are talking about. And when it comes to global affairs, I do believe that we need to keep an eye out because this definitely can bring sudden events, sudden changes in regards to reproductive issues, women-related issues. I think that it can also, you know, Rahu is the smokescreen and it isn't always clear or upfront about things. So it can also bring a confusing, illusionary quality, maybe a back and forth quality with Mercury being retrograde in Taurus, which has this association to Venus. There can be this back and forth and this confusion. And Rahu and Uranus are very rebellious and very revolutionary. So I definitely don't see citizens being quiet. I definitely don't see this being um, a quiet time. I definitely see this being a time of intensity, again, in regards to the areas of life I've previously mentioned. On a personal level with Venus being in Aries, <laughs> aspected by Saturn with Uranus and Rahu, this, if you are not single and if you're dating, this can definitely bring in a love interest suddenly. It can definitely bring a very passionate love interest in. It may even bring someone in who's more foreign. So it may be someone who's very different than you in some way. And of course, all of these transits are going to influence us differently. And I do... Uh, personal horoscopes for these transits on my patreon account patreon.com slash astrology now podcast so you know it may not work the way for everyone but when venus is in aries it definitely brings a passionate quality to venus and with rahu and uranus it can bring that sudden meeting it can bring a sudden attraction and rahu is this foreign element or different element so Definitely be keeping an eye out for that. The aspect of Saturn can also bring the desire to think about long-term relationships or what you want for the future. But overall, the way that I see this transit, it's much more passionate. It's much more rebellious. It's much more spontaneous. And I do want you guys to be mindful. If you're one of these people who suddenly meets someone be really mindful. Take your time vetting them. Don't rush into anything because Rahu can create that illusionary smokescreen energy. So please be mindful. Be pragmatic. Take your time with things. Try not to rush too into things. I know it can be fun, but try to resist it. And if you are in a relationship, this is a wonderful time for spicing things up, for taking a trip together, traveling. Of course, be mindful of the Mercury retrograde, but it is a wonderful time to implement something new into the relationship. And it's also a really good time to do something physical together because Aries is such a physical sign. So it's a wonderful time to take a long walk, to go biking, to go canoeing. Uh, in Austin, we have town lakes, so you can go canoeing or paddle boarding. Wherever you live, there's something outdoorsy y'all can do that's kind of fun maybe implementing that but it could also be um, watching an interesting foreign film together practicing a new language together just implementing something that's that's growth and that's fun and playful and may even have this kind of foreign element to it so finally I do want to cover the eclipses and the new moon so I covered the first eclipse on the 30th the lunar eclipse is taking place on May 15th 2022 and this again is going to be in the signs of Taurus and Scorpio. I will create an entire podcast on this lunar eclipse. For now, what we will focus on is 
this is a time of intensity. This is a time of those faded events. And it's not the best time to let our emotions get the best of us or to act without you know, really taking time to consider the consequences. So around the 15th of May, please be extra mindful, extra pragmatic. Please try not to make any impulsive decisions. Again, you can expect a full podcast on the lunar eclipse. And then finally, we will have a new moon on May 30th in the sign of Taurus in the nakshatra of Rohini. We're going to be out of eclipse season by this point, pretty much. And this is going to be a wonderful time of setting new intentions. The new moon is always a time to set new intentions and focus on what we can create in the future. And Rohini is one of the most auspicious nakshatras in the sky. Of course, I will make an entire podcast on this new moon as well that we can all be looking forward to because I'm really looking forward to this beautiful new moon. I always think of Krishna. Krishna has this association to Rohini. And if you're unfamiliar with Krishna, he's one of the main gods uh, in Sanatana Dharma in Hinduism and he's associated to beauty and to play and music and Leela. Leela is kind of like the play of life and so he has this very um, what's the word I'm looking for mischievous edge to him but then in the same regard he is also the one of the main characters in the Bhagavad Gita and the Bhagavad Gita is this beautiful book on dharma on duty on uh, spiritual life spiritual orientation it's a book that helps reveal more about the true meaning of reality it's very transcendental and so anyway so Rohini has this association to Krishna it's it's a time to remember all of these beautiful things so I am looking forward to it and I'll definitely create an entire podcast talking about it I hope that that does, again, give you something to look forward to. So if you would like to schedule a reading, you can go to my website, innerknowing.yoga. I'd love to see you on Patreon, patreon.com slash astrologynowpodcast. And my Instagram is astrologynowpodcast. Again, my name is Christine Rodriguez. This is Astrology Now. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm.